1: This
0: is Marjorie Malpedi. My guest today is a member of the senior leadership team at Unum, a disability insurance company with about 11,000 employees throughout the world. Liz, I know you're originally from the UK, so I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself so that we get the right pronunciation of your last name.
1: Sure. Thank you for inviting me here today, Marjorie. So I am Liz Ahmed, and I am the executive vice president of People Communications brand, and corporate responsibility here at Unum.
0: We are so excited to have you on today. Thank you, Liz, for coming. First of all, you have a big job at a big <laughs> company, so we're excited to dig in on that. But when you talk about the areas that, that you are supervising there, HR, diversity, and inclusion, the corporate social responsibility work, we're particularly interested in all that because As you know, we cover young people both in college and as they graduate and enter the workforce, their emotional and behavioral health. And obviously, that's a huge topic these days, both for graduating students, but also for corporate America who inherit these young people. So these are all areas that are super important to the Gen Z group that we're talking about. So I'd love if you could just talk a little bit about each of these domains And what are sort of the interesting dynamics going on there
1: at Unum? Sure. So I have a broad portfolio, as you mentioned, and I have about 300 employees across the U.S., Ireland and the U.K., and actually Poland. And really, my role is ultimately to ensure that we take care of our employees so that they in turn can go out and take care of our customers. But as part of that, I am a member of the C-suite. So I'm really that strategic advisor to Unum senior executives to make sure that all of our business goals, no matter what those can be, are met. But a top priority in terms of my responsibility and what's going on at Unum right now, as we all know, is our people, right? And we are here to make sure that our employees thrive so that they can have a sustainable career here at Unum. It's important to us that we have that dynamic and welcoming workplace where they can really bring those best ideas to work. And so my responsibility is really to ensure that all of that can happen on behalf of both our shareholders, but also on behalf of our employees. Again,
0: big job. And a lot of really important dynamics there. Liz, I think maybe I'd want to ask you specifically about your diversity and inclusion agenda. I I just know through people who know you that this is a passion of yours and and obviously one of the corporations. So talk a little bit more about what's going on in that area.
1: Sure. So it is a key tenant of ours. So we really know from actually quite a lot of studies, but also from Unum's experience that Gen Z and our millennials want to work for an employee that cares about their purpose, the societal impact, but also where they belong in an organization. So we know that they really care about companies' inclusiveness, corporate responsibility. All of those are really important. And so we do a number of things to make sure that we support our employees through that. We know our young employees want a really good sense of belonging. And we're different to some companies, Marjorie, because we really go at this with inclusion before diversity. So we really believe that an inclusive workforce helps our business grow and serve more customers. And so we took a step back last year to reevaluate our energy, and we really are building that environment around three legs of the stool. The first one for us is about an equitable culture. We believe that all of our employees need and should expect equal and fair access to information, opportunities, resources. The second one is we want a representative workforce, and that needs to be reflective of all of our employees' experiences, perspectives, cultural backgrounds, and that really helps our customers and each other, but it also helps our employees see themselves in the organization. And the last one is about building inclusive teams here. So we want our employees to make sure that they embrace everybody's unique abilities and we can provide psychological safety so that we can do our best work. And we know through our employee engagement scores that our Gen Z and our millennials are highly involved in this IND journey That we're on. And they support that strategy because when they respond to those questions in the employee engagement scores, those are actually some of the highest areas of the organization when we look at it by generation. And we also know, right, that McKinsey, one of the McKinsey reports that came out just recently, tells us that inclusion and diversity is a key and top driver for retention of employees. They want that sense of belonging and they want to be valued by the company. And so many of those young adults, when they join us, have told us they want that even more today, particularly after the pandemic, might have restricted their ability to connect with their peers or people like themselves. And when you talk
0: about diversity, Liz,
1: you're talking about
0: all kinds of diversity, right? Race, ethnicity, people's backgrounds, people's gender identities. This is Pride Month, as you know, and I saw from some writing you have done, you really focus quite a bit on the LGBT plus community, which is also really important to the Gen Z folks in terms of recognizing this subpopulation group.
1: That's right. And so for us, I actually will say that it's a broad concept when we think about inclusion and diversity. First of all, we think that we have to make sure that we start with diversity of thought. And so that is a little bit different, right? For us, diversity of thought is really our cognitive diversity. Those characteristics that we cannot easily measure, count, report. And it's rooted in those unique perspectives, experiences, and backgrounds. And so the community and drawing pride, that is one way that we reach out to our employees. But we are very focused on the fact that that is one month. We need to do this throughout the year. And we have a number of business networks and employee networks that are doing that and Right now, we are supporting the pride marches in our local areas. We had a speaker that came in to talk to all of our employees, actually, about gender and gender pronouns. And we really learned a lot from having that outside-in perspective. We provide safe spaces for conversations and our communities are important to us right so we're also then going out into our communities marjorie and making sure that we are supporting those organizations that um, are part of our, our communities not just during pride but really throughout the year and we get a lot of feedback from our population that being involved is really important to them they don't just want to see us write a check they want to get involved They want to help, they want to advocate, they want to be allies to people in the organization, and that's been really important part of our strategy.
0: And that actually dovetails with another important area, which is corporate social responsibility, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that it's really important. Our corporate citizenship at Unum is one of those other key tenants, and we really try hard to work with our nonprofit partners to make sure that the charitable giving that we are focused on really supports a couple of initiatives. First, academic success, and the second is really healthy lifestyles for everybody. But in the last couple of years, we have really had a focus on supporting that social justice initiative. So I'll give you a few things that that I think we're really proud of. Since 2020, we have contributed over $700,000 to the Social Justice Fund, Over 26,000 hours have been volunteered for our employees. So, on an annual basis, we probably give around $12 million. And the reason I mention this is our young employees and new generations, they want to get involved, as I said, but they want the flexibility to impact the areas that they care about. And so it's been important for us to make sure that we give time off for volunteering. We give matching contributions to any donations that they do. We encourage employees to join boards for organizations that align with those values. So, for example, I'm on the board of the Partnership for Family, Children, and Adults, which is really focused on domestic violence and helping families thrive, but I'm also on the Tennessee Aquarium. And we found, Marjorie, that when we work with our communities, it gives our employees a different way to grow and develop. It gives them maybe a different way to break away from those day-to-day responsibilities. It gives social interactions, which are all really critical to mental well-being. Um, and we think that making sure that we are a corporate citizen within our communities is important and we're obviously in you know a large employer in smaller cities so that's important but our definition now has expanded because we have a lot of employees that are, work from home and not close to campus and so we need to make sure that we are bringing that corporate citizenship even out to someone that might be fully remote and that is a change for us.
0: So what you're describing is really a different way for employees to engage with their corporation right? I mean it's yeah, it's not just I'm going to work here but I care about what this company does And I care that there might be opportunities for me to engage
1: in areas that are beyond just the workplace, right? Yeah, I think one of the things that we have realized, and and we've probably known this, Marjorie, for a while, is that our young people are looking for purpose in their work, right? And we at Unum have an amazing North Star purpose, which is to help the working world thrive throughout life's moments. So. We've kind of gone at that in a very particular way. We really want to make sure that we lean into that. And, and we are about helping people in life's moments. You know, that can be good and bad. And so all of our employees, especially our young people, Marjorie, come to work each day really focused on that purpose and how they can make a difference in our clients' lives. And, and we found that working for an organization with pers- purpose resonates with our younger generations. And it's something we talk about With them a lot we want them to know that they are joining somewhere that not only can provide them with a great career which is really important but while they're here they can have an impact in the world around them so for us it's not just about a career it's about a job but we also know now it's about how that job fits in within their life right and so making sure that we take care of the whole person is a different way that we have decided to go at this obviously we love that.
0: Anything holistic uh, in an approach, it certainly matches kind of what the work that we do with colleges and universities. That's something that we want to encourage. It's really more of a public health lens, and it sounds like you're taking the same. Let's talk a little bit about another side of diversity, which is the actual numbers represented in the workforce. So your ESG, right? You don't have that right? Environmental, social responsibility, and governance report indicates that And I know this is something, Liz, that you're really passionate about. Nearly 20% of your workers are people of color and nearly 65% are women. So I don't have great context for this. So what do those numbers sort of mean to you and where do you want to be?
1: Yeah, so I think it's important to say that we we strive and we want to really fully represent the communities and the clients that we serve. And so, as I talked about earlier, we spent a lot of time kind of resetting our strategy, and we really understand now our data. And that is allowing us to take a strategic, data-informed approach to our IND efforts. And that really then, in turn, allows us to make progress but to measure progress. So the numbers for me, Marjorie, are only a piece of the puzzle. They are important to focus on, but they are really just, as we've talked about, really one of Pieces of our focus. And it's important to publicly share those numbers. We get asked a lot from our employees about them. We want to provide transparency on where we are and what progress that we've been made. But we also know there's still an immense amount of work to do and we're committed to the journey. And so we have not put specific numbers out there because we, again, we feel strongly that it's much more. Than just the numbers but we do feel it's important to provide transparency and we're still figuring out how to do even more than just the ones that we have put in our ESG report. And that is part of our conversation within the organization. And as that solidifies, I think you will actually find more organizations sharing where they are because it is, again, one way of holding organizations accountable. But it also allows our employees to know that there are others, you know, with a similar demographic that have gone before them. But again, it's a journey for us.
0: So I want to ask you, as head of HR at a large company, you must be concerned about mental health for all of your employees, certainly, but particularly for young adults who are reporting increasingly rising rates of mental distress. Obviously, it's a lot of the work that we cover here at the Institute. I'm really curious how corporate America is, is also dealing with this. So can you talk a bit about what you are doing in this critical area?
1: Yeah, so the behavioral health, I would say, of our employees here at Unum has been really a focus for us for a while. What I have found is is where you are going is the pandemic has brought that conversation maybe to the forefront. When we talk to our employees about their mental health, it's complicated. And to some extent, we have even taught our managers not to ask and not to get involved. It was too risky. And so with the pandemic, our younger workers, to be honest, have forced us in a good way to talk about mental health in a much more open and transparent way so that we have in turn been able to find new or different solutions that we believe can help. There's a few things that I think I would want to point out because they could be useful for other organizations. We have spent some time on a tool which is personalized. We've named it Unum Behavioral Health. It's personalized. It's a kind of a web portal that will guide our employees to what support they need, what is right for them. And that could be clinical treatment options. It's got a library of mental health resources if needed, it's going to get that employee matched with a coach or a therapist within 24 hours. And we know one of the challenges is access to the right people at the right time. We've had a huge uptake in this particular benefit, partly, I think, because of the digital nature of it. These are digital natives, and we, we need to get care in their hand or help in their hands in a way that resonates with them. And it's an immediate way of getting assistance for maybe where that person could be in the journey. But as we had that conversation, Madre, one of the things that I think we knew but really jumped out at us is that our younger employees are feeling overwhelmed with financial stress. Right, that is another part of our mental well-being that we need to really think about. And we get a lot of feedback around needing guidance and resources. And so part of our, again, our holistic portfolio, you'll hear me talk about this a lot, is yes, we do want to make sure that we get the right behavioral health opportunities in front of them, but we also want to help them with other stresses. And so we put in a really good set of tools for employees. One of them has been our emergency savings program which is helping all employees but particularly our young employees save because they haven't been working very long and this is something they come into an environment they're now making good money for the first time and we want to help them with what to do with that and so this emergency savings teaches them how to make sure that they are ready for those things that happen in life, and it enables them to contribute a portion of their paycheck through payroll deductions. It really makes it easy, makes it very accessible. There's no to withdrawal because, again, we don't want any barriers, and that emergency savings balance then can be invested actually in the same funds that are available to the 401k. So we're teaching how to make sure that you're investing in your 401k, but hey, you need to have a a rainy day fund and that provides some alleviation on the stress in case something happens. The other thing we've done, and again, very appropriate for our college age employees, but actually is something that goes across our generations and that's student debt, right? We know that that is a huge challenge. And so what we decided to do is we created a student loan debt kind of relief program, and our employees are able to contribute 40 hours of their paid time off to a payment against that student debt. And we have a really good pay time off program. So for example, in their first year with us, they can get 31 days of PTO. And so we're very confident that they can still take the break that they need to be able to recharge and then also take some PTO that a lot of employees just don't get the chance to use and have a monetary contribution that goes straight to their student loan to help them pay that off. And then the last thing I think that's been very important for our employees is financial planning. So that is important for our new and our mid-year employees as they're thinking about how to handle their finances, wanting to make sure that they know how to set financial goals. We have the mobile as well as in-person access to the live consultants. We know cost of living is a great concern, particularly right now with high inflation. And so we are certainly about tools and making sure that the medical side of mental health is taken care of. But for us, I think it's a broader sense of what else is happening in the lives of our employees that are impacting that and what can we do to assist it? So
0: it is so refreshing to hear about this holistic approach. And I, but I have to say some of this, it comes from personal experience. I have three sons and they're all young adults. But just yesterday, my 24 year old, who's an entry level employee at a big company. And he said, gosh, you know, mom, this adulting is really hard, <laughs> but it sounds like the, the first thing you mentioned is beyond just sort of an EAP, right? That customers right. approach that, and that's terrific to have as a foundation, but to have gone further and really look into what the data say about what is stressing these mm-hmm. kids out. When I say kids, I'm sorry, that's yeah. the mom the mom and me, but what is stressing them out and how to address those concerns? So that that is really cool. I've got to say, I haven't heard of that. So we really are running out of time, unfortunately. But I I do want to say uh, how important and instructive I think this conversation is for our listeners, both those who are preparing students to enter the workforce and those like yourselves who are welcoming students into uh, companies and at the beginning of the trajectory of their careers. Mm -hmm. So fascinating information, Liz. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to staying in touch. And again, we appreciate your time. Thank you, Marjorie. Mm -hmm. This has been the Quadcast, a program of the Mary Christie Institute. To learn more about our work, go to Institute.org where you can sign up for our other programs like the MC feed and the Mary Christie quarterly. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks so much for listening.